from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Stanley Ashes, a seminarian for the diocese, helping out here on the radio. On today's show, we're visiting with Jonathan Whitfield, senior pastor of Corinthian Baptist Church in Des Moines, to talk about race relations and how we can come together to support each other during these trying times. But uh, before we uh, visit with our guest, Bishop Johnson, uh, what's on your mind? Well, Stanley, you're getting in your groove here. Uh, well done on that, <laughs> well, you, you know, and uh, you, you've got the current uh, ordinary of the Diocese of Des Moines named, so that's good, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby steps. Yeah, but uh, we had our little prayer vigil, uh, Jessica Hernandez and Justin White, Evangelization Catechesis and Hispanic Ministry. We had a little prayer vigil against racism, a kind of virtual prayer on uh, this past Wednesday, July 1st, inviting young people of the, the diocese around to kind of be with us in solidarity electronically. Uh, kind of uh, opportunities that are there that I think the church is mobilizing in various ways using the new technology. I'm not a digital native like you are, Stanley, but uh, I think that's uh, a way that uh, we the, the spirits kind of catapulted us into being ever more uh, open to enlisting. You know, the, the means here to, to announce the good news. Also, although it probably was very painful for members of the diocese of uh, Davenport and the Region Nine Hispanic ministers a couple Fridays ago, I was part of a evangelization. Zoom event, a kind of like a parish mission online, and I was one of the speakers, Evangelio Zoom, uh, in, in Espanol, and uh, so the response of believers in chaotic times was my uh, topic, and uh, uh, I gave them more than a whole loaf, I think. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they said, you know, even some of those words in Spanish that native speakers are hard to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how uh, we have to do that. But uh, So our Feast of Freedom here in, in in our country and uh, the ways in which we would uh, come together as well. Um, you know, we've been together in the Des Moines Diocese now, our second weekend coming up for masses together. Uh, we're seeing about 30%, plus or minus, people are being careful, uh, social distancing. Uh, I think we're getting some positive uh, response in the request, uh, the expectation, really, that people would wear masks. But just as with the decision whether not to have masks or to have masks, now the masks and even the decision about uh, asking people to receive on on the hand rather than the tongue. You know, it's uh, interesting that our two infectious disease docs who have been counseling us and advising us throughout this, they themselves prefer to receive on the tongue. That would be their normal devotional way to, to receive Jesus. But they recognize that on the hand is, is something that adds not absolute guarantee, but additional measure of, of protection and, and diminishes to some degree the risk. So I think our charity there, we don't want to allow uh, you know the, uh, the one who sows disunity and discord among us to now capitalize on these ways of mask wearing or not mask wearing, you know, and that we would assert our rights. You know, I think that's we've got to be careful on that because when we're you know when we're kind of being a little more uh, strident in that regard. Uh, charity sometimes takes a back seat, and I think we have to, to, to be very yeah. careful, Stan. I'm not, this isn't a word <laughs> of uh, counsel to you, but I think it's for all of us oh, in, yeah. in that yeah. way that we have to 
to, to be uh, very conscious of that. So Independence Day weekend, I'm seeing the uh, fireworks trucks out there on the streets, some of the stands that pop up on this time. Do you have any special uh, family customs or other ways you like to celebrate? Uh, oh, well, special foods? July or 4th, well, uh, yeah, usually uh, some really good pies are made uh, at the Ashes House, and we, mm. we partake of, uh, of a feast. Mm-hmm. And uh, the past couple years, we, we have gotten fireworks and, and fired some fireworks off because we, we live out in the country. So Okay, yeah. so... You know, so you didn't burn down the neighbor's barn or not anything? yet, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, are you are you an accomplished pie maker or not? Do you know how to roll that crust or are you? Uh, I've made a I've made a few crusts in my time. You know, they don't always turn out uh, perfect. Uh huh. But uh, but yeah, I, I can I can try my hand. Do you, do you use lard actually, or do you uh, do you have the preferred? Uh... Right. Yeah. The secret. Um, my mom's <laughs> secret is you do fifty fifty lard and butter. Oh, and really, you now you're giving away mom's secret on the air worlds, yeah. to our Spirit Catholic Radio and oh, Iowa Catholic right. Radio listeners. Yeah, the better better pies across the U.S. is uh, is always you know it's the common good. So. <laughs> okay, <laughs> raise the pie level. Even though there's no rag by this uh, year, the, the consumption of pies in Iowa goes up dramatically during that week. Uh, that's true. That's true. Well, uh, we have to take a quick break, and we'll return with uh, Pastor John Whitfield of Corinthian Baptist in Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network and Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. According to a 2019 Global Food Security Report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help all of them. Most of us can help one, one child. Your gift of $1 a day through Blessman International provides a child in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. To get started, go to BlessmanInternational.org and click Sponsor a Child. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Stanley Ashes, seminarian and summer intern with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Jonathan Whitfield, senior pastor of Corinthian Baptist Church in Des Moines, to talk about race relations and how we can come together and support each other during these trying times. Good morning, Pastor Whitfield. Grace and peace to you. It's uh, it's a blessing to have you with us uh, this morning. And uh, I came to uh, encounter you, meet you for the first time a few weeks ago when we were together at a panel discussion at Mercy One Hospital and things. And I just thought, you know, I was uh, just really taken with your perspective and and life story. So uh, you're not a Des Moines native, right? You have come to be called to this pastorate. And uh, can you just still say about, you know, a little bit of background, how how this all happened or what, you know, the life path that, that led you? to embrace the ministry and uh, to be be called to pastor. Sure. As well, good morning, Bishop, and good morning to your listening audience, and thank you uh, for inviting me to uh, be with you once again uh, as we talk uh, about uh, ourselves and our community. I, I am a native of Atlantic City, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and I am the son of a pastor. My father pastored almost 60 years in the South Jersey area, in uh, the Baptist denomination. And so 
I'm definitely a product of growing up uh, in uh, church. And the, I, the word was alive in your household. <laughs> much, much, <laughs> much. <laughs> hard, hard to run away from it, <laughs> even though I tried. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so I, um, my, my uh, life tour, if you will, uh, took me into the Air Force where I ended up serving a total of 32 years, and while I was overseas in Japan, um, I felt the inspiration of God to go into ministry. I, was, I think I was about 23 years old when that came about, and um, and then that eventually helped helped us to move back towards uh, the East Coast, uh, even my military career, and, and then. Uh, uh, Gave me the opportunity to get close to Dad and get under some of his tutelage while I was there. And, and uh, I ended up pastoring for 20 years in a city called Hackensack, New Jersey. Which oh, indeed. Yeah. Northern New Jersey area, right outside New York City. Yeah, right so, across the river there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was fun <laughs> and lively. <laughs> and then. Um, the corporate world's kind of taken over Hackensack a little bit, hasn't it? I mean, kind of. Say it again. The, the corporate world's kind of spread out over there in Hackensack, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, we were blessed to meet a great friend of mine. Uh, we were going to school together named Michael Burton. And Michael Burton was actually the first to come out here uh, to Des Moines uh, from me and him. And he was pastor in Corinthian for a couple of years. And uh, that's how they met me, uh, through my friendship with him. Unfortunately, he passed away after pastoring them for two years. Mm. And a uh, very sad situation for the church as well as for his family. And uh, following uh, his uh, leaving us, uh, I was contacted and asked to consider. And so we prayed and the Lord uh, moved, and we, we ended up here in Des Moines uh, to Pastor Corinthian and to share in this great city. Wow. Yeah, so even through death, God's uh, spirit and calling uh, come to us, and so uh, I know the Des Moines community is blessed to, to have you. Uh, you're actually, uh, I only realized, in fact, uh, after that panel discussion, our, our churches where we live are really close, very very close, so that, I hope that's part of the the, uh, the basis of uh, maybe building some relationships within the neighborhood as well. Uh, Corinthian Baptist, uh, I guess, I, I don't want to stereotype, but I just have great reverence for the Baptist tradition and how much music is instrumental in, in your mm-hmm. worship and your praise of God. I mean, what's the impact of COVID on all that? Because you know we're we're kind of Catholics already kind of play it close to the vest sometimes when it comes to the music, <laughs> and now we're you know now we're you know we've got justification. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> total justification. Look, we we have definitely been impacted from that perspective. Uh, you know the the large choir scenario has definitely been uh, removed, and. Um, we we're on you know we're online uh, with uh, Facebook and other te- technical advances there, but we're down to soloists now, and so we've minimized any kind of spread with that. And we have not come back into public worship yet, so we're still uh, utilizing uh, 
radio and as well as uh, uh, live streaming, you know, the services so the folks can see it. And uh, we also did a nice piece. My uh, uh, media ministry was able to put together a nice uh, uh, creative, uh, almost like a Zoom thing of the praise team. And so it was about nine uh, individuals who uh, they recorded, I guess, separately somehow, and then put it all together and then kind of put a bunch of blocks there on the screen and we were able to kind of say, here's, here's the music ministry, even though we have to be social distance. So that was pretty nice. And I've uh, got great response from that from the uh, church audience as well as the community. So, so folks can check that out on the Corinthian Baptist uh, Facebook page? And, yes, they can. They can go on right. the Facebook page and right. be on the website as well. Marvelous. We'll get a little praise on. So yeah. so the panel discussion was obviously in the wake of all that's uh, unfolded in our country and in our community. And uh, I think you spoke uh, very uh, poignantly about the pain that uh, people have been living through in their daily lives. It's maybe kind of risen to the surface. Maybe uh, you know expressed in protest or other ways, and I guess could you just speak to that a little bit? So, you know what what we're seeing in the Des Moines community around the world, and and you know what uh, you know the import uh, of that uh, from the perspective of, of people that uh, you've encountered and ministered to over the years. Well, the, you know the you know, you know Bishop, we, we 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 look at this sometimes. I guess as though this is a a new conversation, but in, in truth, this is a very, very old conversation concerning man's relationship uh, uh, to each other. And even as it's pinpointed here, what it might seem how the African American um, race is being perceived and and what it what it has experienced. And so, I think, and this may be why we see more than just African-American people speaking out now. And that is, I think, the pain of race relations across the board is has really risen to, it's kind of like a, you know, a, a, a volcano finally erupting. Uh, but it's always been, you know, some, some bubbling down there. And um, it's, it's erupting now. And this protest... Are, are just, you know, they're the voices that are speaking to say, uh, in, in, in a simple form, I don't think we're being heard or you're not listening to me. Uh, because this is, as I'm repeating, it's, it's an old conversation. It's, it's age old. It's ancient. Um, um, biblically, in the Bible, I mean, it goes back even to the stories of uh, the Hebrews' relations with the Egyptians how Pharaoh, you know, dominated them in that scenario. It has the same attitudes. And so um, you, we are seeing man, uh, if I could be so bold to say, maybe at his best uh, to speak against, you know, the the unjust feelings, the dehumanizing feelings, the, the, the dysfunctional operations that we have between cultures really speaking out and rising up across the world. And, and in that view, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. It doesn't look pretty, mm-hmm. but it's beautiful because it is really, you know, if we want to look at it from the biblical perspective, it is really the voice we were supposed to have for God to speak and to tell the world how God would want us to function with each other. He's never 
been about one race uh, having supremacy of another. He's never been about mistreatment. He's never been about injustice. It's always been about us caring for each other as, as though we were uh, literally, and we are literally the brothers and sisters of humanity. And so I think that's what we're getting out of these protests. It's, 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 if I'm not being heard at the table, I'm being heard in the streets. If the conversation is not going to be relegated and, and, and mitigated for the point of relevance, then, then we're going to turn up the volume, so to speak, so that you, you have to hear, you have to listen, and then hopefully you have to do something. I, I think that's a beautiful perspective that, you know, that if we just, you know, there could be a, a mindset that superficially just simply says this is introducing chaos and disorder and it's disruptive, but that with a, a biblical consciousness and with the mind and heart of Jesus, mm-hmm. that we can we can see the prophetic voice and the spirit which, you know, groans on behalf of people, cries out yeah. uh, on behalf of not only oneself, but of one's neighbor, too. And uh, uh, that, that may, on the short term, introduce some chaos, mm-hmm. but it's a God's way of restoring and redeeming situations. But... Uh, but then even that has to be gracefully uh, uh, responded to and uh, drawn into where it's an inviting relationship, inviting community, rather than uh, kind of paralyzing things in that mm-hmm. way. So, yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. so, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, that, that racism is present, present, uh, you know, among us. It's not uh, simply a white phenomenon directed to, toward blacks, but uh, again, you know, that we would alienate those whom we're, we are to regard as our neighbor, you know, whether the the Good Samaritan parable is to show us that, uh, that we would cross the street to extend a hand to, to help people as well. Um, are you seeing, what are some things that give you hope in the midst of all this, not only in the, uh, as you say, the, uh, the bubbling up, but now uh, what might be happening? Uh, you know, I think some of us are disturbed, even as we would acknowledge, uh, you know, the need to, to uh, maybe even look at the symbols that adorn our public spaces in a way, you know, the, mm-hmm. the kind of the tearing down of statues. I mean, a, a kind of iconoclasm, if you will. But uh, how, you know, what are things that give you hope in all this? Great question, Bishop. Uh, you know, when, when I think of the word hope, you know, I'm normally thinking of it from a, a biblical perspective, which really points us to, you know, what God has promised us and what we look forward to out of those promises. And so part of that promise has always been retribution. It's always been redemption, um, you know, salvation, uh, you know, that that the end would be good for us. And so with that in mind, as a foundation for us as Christian believers, we start looking as you were saying, through the civil disobedience to probably civil restoration. And what I'm seeing, uh, first of all, is uh, I think that some real sincere hearts towards uh, let's get this changed now, or at least let's begin to make the proper changes now. Uh, which even gave me greater hope that in that vein, I'm listening to some conversations by uh, our lawmakers. I've been in a few meetings, uh, even after you and I have had a chance to sit on the panel together, uh, with some of the lawmakers of our city, some of the lawmakers of our state, uh, even to include the governor. 
and the conversations I feel are 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 real and uh, heartfelt uh, towards uh, you know trying to respond properly and not just react. And you know, and I always sit there trying to be a voice of the reason to say that reacting is not going to you know get us where we want to because reacting is normally emotional. But a response normally is intellectual, and so we have to sit down and have the, the, the intellectual and honest conversations in that in that process to say what needs to happen. And so, some of the conversations I've been in, uh, Bishop, have gone to the place where I, I, I use this word of 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 courageous conversations, where not only can they you know hear the heart of the pain that has been. Uh, received, but also say we want to make the steps that are going to have to be courageous to fix the systemic racist system, situational, and and make it not just a situational thing, rather, but a, a permanent and prominent thing, so that we uh, we we do become you know equal, if you will, as brothers and sisters in in humanity. We do you know minimize uh, uh, the damages by maximizing the efforts of putting everybody in the place that it should be. Now, I know that's a long journey. Uh, It's not tomorrow's, you know, menu, uh, so to speak, but the conversation gives hope, as as you gave the question, that our tomorrow's can, and hopefully, I want to use the word, should be better. I guess as you're you're speaking, and to know that you're part of those conversations, I you know to varying degree, but as a more established pastor here, gives me hope because I think you know that they would see you as a a wisdom figure and a man who's you know religious authority doesn't disqualify you, but uh, gives you a place at the table for those conversations. You know, let alone you know racial or whatever identities that we're talking about, respects the whole person in this way. Might we impose upon you to remain with us for a few more minutes after the break? Not a problem. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Blessman International. The coronavirus has impacted lives in Iowa and around the world. This is especially true in rural South Africa, where COVID-19 restrictions have led to vulnerable children being hospitalized due to starvation. To combat this hunger, Blessman International now offers a program called One Child at a Time. You can sponsor a child in South Africa for $1 a day. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. blessmaninternational.org. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. 
Pastor Whitfield, thanks for staying with us here. You're getting, you know, the, the stipend check doesn't go up this by staying with us. <laughs> my pleasure, my friend. My yeah, pleasure. You know, an active Christian charity here, so thank you. But, uh, uh, you know, the show airs, uh, you know, Father's Day would have been a couple Sundays ago, and we're on July 3rd, uh, tomorrow, the Feast of Freedom for our country in this way. Yes, yes. Could you just, you know, your, your, your life experience and perspective, can you speak about, uh, you know, how, you know, as a man who served in the military and, and that, how, you know, the sense of, you know, serving our country, but the, the ethic of service and how faith and all these things, you know, are not at odds with with the faith that you bring. And then also as a father uh, yourself, I understand six children. Is that right? You and your wife? Six children. Yes, sir. Wow. You know, I mean, you know, what's what's your message to your children as you, they were growing up or even most recently, you know, in terms of what what the encouragement or maybe caution that you give them as a father? Sure. Um, to, to talk about the military and, and, and faith, um, I, I think that, um, you know, I was young. I was very young when I went in the military. I was uh, 19. I actually turned 20 in basic training. And, and I was a young man still uh, developing my own, uh, I would say, personal stance about the faith, even the faith that had been given to me by my parents. And I can kind of combine this into speaking to young people as well and tell them know that, you know, you, your development years are just that. And then after that, when you leave, whether it be military or college or trade school, or when you leave in the nest, if so to speak, you start to make your stance on what you have been given in those developmental years. And and so for me, Bishop D, it was, I didn't find the military to be in conflict with my faith. I found it to be help, uh, of great help in me substantiating what my faith was. Um, because the, the experience that I had, you know, further extended me into becoming a man. Um, it showed me, you know, social concepts that I needed it gave me disciplines, you know, that I needed. Uh, it gave me camaraderie that I needed. Um, even in the lines of what we talked about today, in, 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 in short, uh, it helped me to see uh, and respect the differences that we have, realizing that this community of, of people is what helps us to have communion with one another. And, you know, the community of that military branch was made up of different folks and we ended up in that same pot man and we we formed that union uh, that gave around the object that we would defend our country against our enemies foreign and domestic and so the military helped me to even fortify my faith to say as a man now I mean I was given God as a as a child, but now as a man, I want to fortify my relationship and to and to honor the nation that I was born in and honor the country that that has rights and liberties for all men and to honor that perspective that we wanted all men to be free. So definitely being in the in the military for the United States of America helped because there was some basis behind our. Uh, coming together as armed forces that 
that basically said we were fighting for the cause that I think the Bible does help support, and that is the freedom of all men. That's such a beautifully reflective answer. We aren't going to have time to get to the father question. We'll have to save that for the next time okay. that you're on. But uh, at the end of the panel discussion, I talked about foreign relationships and you know celebrating together. I hope there's an opportunity that we could worship together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and maybe you'd deliver a message to us. And yes. you know, maybe if we're outdoors, or we can let our praise loose a little bit with our choirs together. But uh, thank you, Pastor Whitfield, for your time today. Bishop, this has been great. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Pastor Whitfield. This is Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network and Iowa Catholic Radio. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.